And yes. it's been on different venues. You're still doing it today. People can mm -hmm. check that out. Tell me about that. It started out, we were on, um, on Sirius, on Howard Stern's uh, 101 channel. Uh, and well, before, I think we ended 10 years ago. So it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and we were on for five years and, and did really well. And then Howard ended up taking all the original programming off of his 101 channel. Uh, so we were we were done, um, but it was this, it's the same guys. It's Shuli from the uh, from Howard Show, uh, Reverend Bob Levy, great comic, um, Brent Hatley who was from Bubble Love Sponge uh, yeah. show, and uh, Mark Burns who was originally a caller. He would call in uh, early on in the days of Miserable Men. He would call in and and uh, just do jokes. He would do a wrap up of the show from from his home, and he was such a funny caller. We said, come on in, and he came in and he was great and he fit well. And we ended up just saying, keep coming in. And uh, he kept coming in because we didn't have to pay him. And uh, eventually he became part of the show. So now it's it's those, uh, well, Brent wasn't on originally, but so it's the, the original four, which was us, and then Brent. And we have a great uh, uh, engineer, producer, Iso, who's uh, also part of the mix. And it's great. It's on Patreon. It's it's uh, politically incorrect. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, but it's funny and really dirty and weird, and uh, we just kind of, it's two hours every Wednesday. We just sit there and uh, virtually like this, and we just bust each other's chops and come up with topics and challenges and insults. And it's Yeah. Now, the pandemic brought that back to life, you were telling me, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, we, we were just sitting around, and I was talking to Bob, uh, and he's like, you know, we should do that. We should do We should definitely do it. I was like, he's like, can you call Shuli? And I was like, yeah, I'll call. So I called Shuli. He's like, you up for it? He's like, yeah. So we saw, all of a sudden we just zoomed, conference called all of us, and we and, and from right as soon as we all got together in the same Zoom, just talking, we were just busting each other's chops, you know. And I was like, oh, worry, we got to do this. Yeah. And uh, so you know, we we uh, put a little bit more production into it, not much, but um, you know, and now now it's a finely oiled machine, and it's great, uh, <laughs> and it's it's for the price of an uh, a fruit cup of coffee you can yes. uh, watch us uh you know four shows a month and then there's another tier which is a two fruit cups of coffee you can you can see uh, double these shows uh-huh on patreon on pa it's patreon.com backslash the miserable men show the miserable men show now how can people find you mike morse out there on social media out there on the internet um I, well, I'm a stalker, so if you, <laughs> I'll um, find you. <laughs> uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, just Mike Morse. Uh, it's a fairly common name, as you have to look through and find this yeah. face. Um, and then on um, on Instagram, I'm Insta Mike Morse, and on uh, Twitter, I'm uh, Mike Morse says because I say things on there. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I do. I. I, I Put jokes on every day. I put character. I draw caricatures every day because that's uh, one of my things I like to do, a little hobby. So uh, a lot to see there. M O R S E. M O R S E. Mike Morse, like the code. Like the code, right? Yeah. Now, Mike Morse. We're looking for three dots and a dash here because everyone at home is to poise to watch Children of the Corn with us as we see it here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Mike Morse, and give us that? Celebrity Comedian Countdown. All right, so we're going ready? I'm going to start on three, right? I'm going to get this right. <clears throat> this is my big moment. <clears throat> three, two, one, action.
Very excited to see Children of the Corn. Yes. Yes. Thank Not you only... for kicking it off, celebrity comedian. Oh, that was excellent. Celebrity comedian, that was great. Uh, I, I hope you had your moment of sun. But now, how Roach of the famous silent pictures <laughs> and New World are going to present maybe another silent movie? <laughs> well, because you didn't turn the sound on. Oh, I, I have the sound on. Oh, I had it on mute. Here we go. I had it on mute. But didn't you not hearing it give you an indication? Okay, never mind. Okay, as long as we hear it. I don't hear it's, it. Uh, I, don't, I, hear, I hear like a, the title credits are just basically Stephen King's Children of the Corn. You don't need music for that. And Hal Roach. Hal Roach is the reason this whole thing happened. He bought the rights to the book. It was a short story, actually. And uh, he's the one who's, I mean, it went on to have 11 uh, chapters, you know, 11, like, it was a franchise. Yeah. No, last, last year there was, in 2021, there was a version. Yeah. Did you know the story was originally published in the 1977 issue of Hustler magazine? Really? That's great. Yeah. So people wow. were like jerking, jerking off. Kids killing everybody because of some <laughs> demon corn. Children of the corn. Now, here are... we are before the trouble. Here we are in nice old Nebraska town. It's called Gatlin, Gatlin, Nebraska. And you see how nice it is. It's 1950s in the 80s. Right? It is a great place. And by the way, if anyone from Nebraska is listening, we're so excited to do a film about your state uh, that's in your state. I'm looking forward to learn more about Nebraska and what a little town like Gatlin offers. Really now, thrilled. I will tell you about Nebraska and Gatlin. This thing was filmed in Iowa. That's great. That's fine. I mean, it could have just been shot in Burbank for all I know. But, well, actually, some of it was, yes. But most of it is in three towns in Iowa. But why don't they just okay? They went to church. After church, they get to go out. But the right. wife and sister aren't there. He's calling because the sister has 104 fever. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot of storyline going on. And also, the kid is narrating, right? Yeah, the kid is doing a voiceover. Now, I did see this back in the day, and this film scared the hell out of me. I was just a little kid. Right. Well, you, you, yeah, that's right, Carl. You, you were in the high school. So these are all like your friends in high school. You're like, there's Ricky with the hat, that little. I, you know, I think it was earlier than high school because my memories of it. Now it's 19. Let's see when it was released in 84. So that was my. Maybe I was scared in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to see it. Actually, I think The Thing came out in, like, 82, and that movie scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, The oh, look Thing. At that. So, so I could get these children want to kill everybody, but who's the waitress? Well, okay, that's one thing that doesn't make sense to me in the story. The waitress seems to be an adult. So, she, yeah, she's poisoning all the adults with the coffee. Which, right. Like, isn't that a typical day at Henson's anyway? Have you tried their <laughs> coffee? It's disgusting. <laughs> Ugh, I'll have some water. 104 degree fever. She's drawing predictions of the future. Oh, there's Isaac. What a creep. Oh, what a creep. What a creep. Oh, yep. my throat. Oh, goodness. Goodness. I can hardly breathe, I tell you. <gasps> <laughs> it's ironic because Blue Bunny ice cream is a real thing, and they had to recall their ice cream because of like cholera and shit. Yeah. Look, they had weapons. If Clemenza can figure a way to have a weapon, plan it for me. 
Now, this movie is all based on that curvy weapon, right? The one you use to husk corn with? The one you yeah. scoop the seed? Is it the sickle? Yeah, is it the sickle. Spic- is it really? What yes. does the Grim Reaper look, look. have? Oh, God, ham sandwich. I wanted a ham sandwich. But we uh, don't see it. And the reason was they had budget trouble. There was a lot of this film that was going to be more special effectsy, and they were going to show you more, but they yeah. couldn't do it because they got a – they had to pay Stephen King right away, and they lost budget. So the budget went to Stephen King's cocaine habit. I guess. It's 84. All right. Does okay, Stephen so King show up? Is the he teenagers like a killed everybody. Right, including his dad, which yeah. is really sick. Does he narrate? Oh, and look, she drew, she drew it. Right. How it says Henson's on it. Friendlies, massacre of friendlies. Oh, <laughs> that's right. And this must be a horror Holstein's, movie. Holstein's, Holstein's ice cream. Yeah, right. Yeah. Remember so that in Bloomfield? Right. Well, that was where the Sopranos got shot at the end. That's right. Yeah. It yeah. Is. I mean, they shot the scene at it. Whether he got shot, I don't know. So this is the. You can tell it's a horror movie because the kids' cartoon drawings or murders are used for the opening credits. Right now, look how the S's are backwards. It was just stereotypical oh, kid. Yeah, you're writing full sentence uh, Bible quotes, but you get the S for right. Well, isn't there like a there? There is a scene in this movie where she she writes the man who walks the in rows, and the S is reversed. She was able to write everything else. It's yeah. The it's he who walks behind the rows, and they mean rows of corn. Oh, he is in that comic that makes a lot of noise in the back. Uh, by the Me? way, Carl, I, I I haven't done a set in so long that I don't feel like I could even make references to comedy. So, how I'm lost since the beginning of the pandemic, you stopped doing? Oh, I did a couple. I, I performed at Danny Dutchie's okay. back in uh, last February. Okay, I did, I did Comedy Day. That was it. Very okay. rarefied gig, but that was my last live show. And. Are you missing it? or? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm doing good. Okay, so they put it present day. So it was right. like three years ago that the, the whole town got massacred. Exactly right. Three years. And it seems like a lot of story in those opening credits. Like, that was a lot we just saw. That's like a whole Well, what we saw is there's a nicey-nice town, and then right. all of a sudden, the, the kids killed all the adults. And it was under the influence of the evil eye of Isaac. That's what I'm saying. Evil eye of Isaac and then premonitions with prayers and adult massacres. That's a lot before the opening credits. That's a, that's an entire movie right there. If I was Stephen King, I would write that would be, what, 40 pages of bullshit? <laughs> yes. Now, right oh, now, hey. the director's making it seem like he was going to get stabbed or something. It was pretty right. well done. She's being seductive in the Hamilton. She's like, hey, 30-something. Uh, why don't we do some 69 or something? And he's like, You're exactly huh? right. That's 30-something, huh? and she's Linda Hamilton. Happy right. birthday. And it's not birthday. He has now graduated medical school, and he's about yeah. to be a doctor. Cool. Doctor. Well, wasn't he on Grey's Anatomy? He was on Grey's Anatomy. He was on Grey's Anatomy. Okay, here he is. Here he is. Peter Horton is his name. He pro- played Professor Gray Shepherd on the television series 30-something. Yes. He was in yeah, the- St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere. Oh, I'm sorry. St. Elsewhere. He was in Eight is Enough. He was in The White Shadow, one of our favorites. And one of my favorites, 
Dallas, and he was married to Michelle Pfeiffer for years, for seven that's, years. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. But she probably got sick of that awful beard stubble thing he had. <laughs> like he doesn't we have. Can't a, speak for him. Ooh, we can't speak. For him. I got you a cigarette lighter. It says okay. to my do- new doctor. Here's a cigarette lighter. First criticism of the movie. You see that cigarette lighter, right? Yeah. That should have become the movie fart. At the end of this movie, it involves fire, and and he's given gifted a lighter. This, that, this? At the end of the movie, they go, "Oh, I can't believe we finally defeated the children of corn." <laughs> oh, tell me about it. God, I need a. And that's a nice smoke. Woo, woo. But he's a doctor, and her gift is a cigarette lighter that says, "Congratulations, you're a doctor. Yeah, have a cigarette on me." Well, he is a smoker. Eighties. She's seducing him. I mean, my no, God, she's but... doing a nice dance, like "No more teachers, no more dirt." It's some song about like school is over. Oh, what medical school? Yeah, yeah, but he he doesn't doesn't she's she doesn't have to sing and dance for him. He obviously is hungry. Mike, if uh, your spouse uh, like got her masters, you wouldn't say yay and make a celebration. Well, I would probably be horny as well. <laughs> she See? chose to sing and dance. That is her choice. Now, now it's another kissing, and then uh, nothing. And she's like, "Okay, great, fine, whatever. I'll fuck him. I'll make some rubbish." <laughs> There's nothing inappropriate about what's going on here. No well, man is... or woman is being oppressed. Oh no, no, exactly. She's just like he pushes her aside. Doesn't get the hint. Oh, look at the time. Well, I better get going. I have doctor stuff I need to pack up. Well, no, they're on a road trip. Right now, they're on a road trip together. They're uh-huh. not married, by the way. But Is he Doc Hollywood? Together to, yeah, it's a Doc Hollywood. He's going to his practice. Now, he'll be in an emergency room. Okay, That's where they're going, his first job. And, yeah, it's uh, Doc Hollywood. He'll get interrupted along the way. Cars too. Cars. cars too. Yeah, I was gonna say cars. You mean car the first car is yeah, like cars car, two. Car. Yeah. Cars two, they go to Japan. Cars one, he gets uh look, astray. Stephen King book on the dashboard. Yeah, that's the night stand shift where this story is based on. They could have uh, saved is it? They, is it? Yeah, it is. They okay. could have saved themselves a whole movie and they read the book on the dashboard. <laughs> Who reads that's in the, the front? Who script. Carl, do you read it while driving in the passenger seat? Yes, I do. You do? You don't get car sick? Uh, no, because I know what's up. I know I'm doing it in a car, so I'm not trying to do it the usual way. You know what I mean? I guess. Is, but I, I, I'm bouncing my head like this. You know what I mean? You hold it loose so that if the car goes, you go. The Night Shift had Lawnmower Man in there, uh, and it also had Quitters, Inc., which is in the Cat's Eye anthology movie. Uh, and there was probably more, right, in there? That's, uh, Jerusalem's don't... Lot. What was that about, Carl? I did not read that book, even though I yeah. did research this film. Okay, now this kid is, like, going to try to run away, okay? He's going to try to run away through the corn. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now that's all Job week. and uh, Sarah. That's Dobie? Job and Sarah, and they're, like, part of the story. Now, these are the kids that were innocent. He watched his father get murdered while right. eating a milkshake. Mm-hmm. And now in this post-apocalyptic, adult-free lifestyle, they're pawns of Isaac and... Uh, Malachi. Malachi. 
and 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 he who live, uh, he who walks behind the road of corn. <sighs> so he's going to make an escape now. Girl, have you ever seen the shark movie Stephen Kang's Sharks of the Corn? Stephen Kang. You said you said that his father was eating a milkshake. He was shocked. He was chewing. No, you're right. The, the kid was eating the milkshake. He was no, drinking, drinking, Michael. Drinking. He could have drank it with a straw. He took it out. I'd be so fucking freaked out by that experience. Oh, man. I, the dad, he was drinking a sandwich, eating a milkshake. <laughs> oh, he was fucking up uh, salad. <laughs> fucking up that salad. Uh, you see the cornrows, not right in this scene, but in many scenes, the cornrows are either fake or they're painted. You see, as they shot, the season changed, and they all started to get uh, brown. Wow. Yeah, so they had to beef them up. Not right now. This is all legit. I would have I would have quit if I was a continuity person. I'd be like, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I'm not a fucking corn person. Now this kid is trying to escape right where the demon lives. He's running through the cornfield. It's dumb. Oh, so so he's good. So we we're aware of this demon. I didn't I didn't recognize it. Like I've never seen this movie, but in preparation, I watched this movie, and I had no <laughs> idea. I just thought this dead kid just look, showed look, up. Look, you can see that the tops are. Oh no, I might be wrong. It might be that yellowy thing when they. Anyway, the internet tells us that the 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 fields are going to change from like nice green to like old gray because of the length of uh, how long it took to shoot this. They use that old gray husk to uh, <clears throat> decorate their town. Uh huh. All over the town, you'll find creepy corn husks. Like it would be like the YMCA, and they'd mm -hmm. be like, "Oh, that's for adults. Uh, let's put some corn husks yeah, all over that's it." Right. Yeah. City hall. They that strip club, them. like they go to this town strip club and they just put old corn husks, no adults here, no more. <laughs> if they're marking it like Passover. Well, they killed everybody. Right. It so that's, already... They didn't pass over, they like passed in. Yeah, you're Dropped right, because you marked to get passed over. Yeah, you put some blood on your door, so the, the angel of death will pass over skip your house. Skip this house, skip this house. You know, it's a, it's a pun of a holiday about like, we're not going to massacre you. We'll get their neighbor. It's called Passover. Get it? It's it's a play on words. Boom. Now, of course, he's going to get the whammy jammy because he's right in the territory. See that creepy spider? I never the figured demon. this out. Never made this. Never made any sense to me. I thought the kids got him. Well, yes. No, Malachi will now show up and slight and and. Uh, uh, sickle him to death. But does the demon show up in the earlier in this movie? What we're hearing right now is the voices of children in the corn. So it's like that's the demon. The demon is just the presence. We don't actually see him. Oh, oh ketchup Look at everywhere. That paint. Oh, the ketchup. Oh, the ketchup. Uh, why is this mustard? Well, sorry, boss. They were out of ketchup. No, you don't understand. <laughs> it's not a condiment. It's blood. Come on now. Are we shooting a black the, and white Super 8? No, you idiot. <laughs> um, um, the internet right. says the map is wrong. It's backwards. She's pointing at Kansas. I don't know. Do we care? 
Is he pointing at Kansas? Hilarious. He's like, let's get <laughs> now, out of this. This is movie. Linda Hamilton. Now we saw her in Tag, the Assassin game. We saw her in something else. We saw her in Terminator. We watched Terminator. We did watch Terminator. Oh, look. I know he had the kid. Dummy. I didn't want to lighten the mood by saying we were watching Terminator, but that just happened at the same time they hit the kid. But that never aired on Mutiny because it's too long, right? No, it did air on Mutiny. It did air on Mutiny. Our Godfather one was too long. But that airs every night because it's on the night playlist, and which is random. So there's always a chance. The Godfather? Yeah, so we have a lot of episodes. If you listen to mutinyradio.fm, there's original programming with new material uh, episodes every week, but it's a 24-hour channel. So we have a, you know, a iTunes list called the Night Playlist, where it's all shows, and it's usually supposed to be played randomly. Right. And we have like a dozen of our episodes, including The Godfather. Wow, and it plays the whole episode? Yeah, so the all Great. two hours and 45 minutes uh, will play wow. uh, at three in the morning. Now, look, he's seeing that this kid didn't die because I hit him. This kid died because somebody sickled him. Sickled him. Now, didn't she have that little weird flashback where she was uh, unconscious as he thought she was walking in the road? Yeah. So she goes up and, okay, they lied to Linda Hamilton and they said that child laws made it that they couldn't have a kid laying on the asphalt in the hot sun with a blanket over his head. It's just unreasonable. And Linda Hamilton said, oh, okay. Right. So then she thought it was a, a dummy, right? So when she's when he reveals himself, it's genuine, her shock, you know? she Just like in the Alien movie when it came out of the stomach, they didn't know it was happening. Really? Happen. Well, so they're going to wrap this. I think they're going to throw the body in the trunk. And Not yet, we'll, but yes. And then, Carl, whatever happens to that body in the trunk? Never. Nothing. 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 It rots in there. That's right. Yeah. They you were know, trying the kid, to bring it somewhere and alert the police and say, right. take the coroner, take this. And they it never, never bury the body in sacred ground. They never give the body well, the Well, they soul. were a little distracted by a demon, Michael. Well, speaking of demons and souls, there's a soul in their trunk of their car the entire movie. They don't even right, bother to right. bury we're it. We're going to watch the film, and we're going to find an opportune moment in which they didn't do anything about we're it. We're going to watch this film, and they're going to get to the car, and the car's going to have old corn husks shoved in there by these yes. kids. But not the trunk's gonna, not going to even be open. No, it will never. Okay, so she's going to dream now, and he's going to find out that the blood on the suitcase he's going to find is yeah. fresh. So this guy just got killed. It hasn't coagulated or whatever the word is. And so, like, the murderer is close by. Oh, Malachi. Malachi. Now, is Malachi in Linda's dream or no? I guess yeah. no. It's kind of like that that uh, Death Proof movie from Quentin Tarantino where she's just hanging out in the car and a bad guy comes up to it. Yeah, were you talking about the one where his foot, her foot was out the yeah. window? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were in a park. Now, that was a creeper. I'm with you 100% there. That was a disgust. Okay, sickle, yeah. look. She wakes up, she thinks, but she's really dreaming, right? Okay, yeah, so she's dreaming while Mordecai is holding the knife at her? Well, Mordecai just goes away now. We won't see him again. Wow, so you're saying that might be a dream. Yeah, well, Connor, 
yeah, this is her dream. She dreams she's getting out of the car. She dreams she's walking towards the body. And then she says she's sorry in the dream. It's, it's he's <coughs> an interesting. It's the movie's uh, oddly directed. It's good. It's good because there's not another dream sequence in this movie. No, there is not. Yeah. And also, there's other things like that. Like, like Brad, you know, saying elsewhere, he will be in a like a, in a school. And he'll get this weird sixth sense that that Linda Hamilton's in trouble. Vicky's in trouble. It, it, it only happens the one time. Right. You know what I mean? Like we haven't. It didn't. Unru- you know. I feel like sometimes if there's a weird uh, premise, they can get away with an even weirder premise. So if they say like, "Okay, here we wait, go," wait. that's She's just a dummy. Really be shocked. Just a dummy. Go ahead, Linda. Child labor laws. We can't have a kid lie down the street. In, in <laughs> you know Ottawa. that, Linda. Whoa. Oh. Uh, oh, I don't know. It wasn't so great, right? Well, he doesn't have his stubble yet, so it's easier to hug. <laughs> I meant the, the, I meant her recoiling. Her oh shock. yeah, no, yeah, she, it was authentic. They she did that to the alien. The director so the, did not tell him them that something was going to pop out of the stomach. Well, come on, William Hurt must have known they have like some practical special effects. Oh, like, um, of course. William he wasn't lay, lying on the table. He must have been like half sitting, <laughs> then with like a puppeteer in the other half. Bike, 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 bike. Yeah, yeah. Trunk. he was in on it. It's the reaction. The other actors, they didn't know it was going to happen. Dead kid in my trunk. So long, dead kids. See you next movie. Even the cinematographer is, is giving some distance from those creeps that threw a, tra- a kid in there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to hide out in these corn stocks. But they're not creeps. They're going to take them to a corner. That's so that's the Mordecai hanging out in the bushes. Yeah, I guess yes. Oh, here's Ada's Enough House. Meanwhile, the Ada's Enough House. Now, it's forbidden to go into the Ada's Enough House or any house. But these kids... Job and Sarah do it anyway. And they listen to records and they draw pictures and they play Monopoly. Play Monopoly and they play dress up. It's like a Stephen King book. So, okay, so you have a premise like, <laughs> all right, so you have kids kill an entire town, all right? Yeah. It's Village yeah. of the Dam, love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, you know, as we used to watch it at, at church, it's Village of the Darn. And then they had uh, uh, this uh, this preacher, right? But it's a twelve-year-old preacher. Okay, that's that's the second thing. Okay, I believe that this is, and there is a monster in the in the cornhouse named He Who Walks Behind the, the Rose. Rose, right? Okay, yeah, You're all right. With me. You're with and and she has premonitions where she can predict the future. Right, she draws it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Stephen King, you're a great writer, and I'll believe everything <clears throat> you write. But you put it on the screen, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can't, can't something just turn evil like can't they turn out you know like their car starts getting evil or their dog gets evil or the hotel right. they're saying it gets evil and it's just like play the car gets evil right yeah that was a good one so the, that's the, one the guy who's out of ideas he wrote a good uh 9-11 story mm-hmm. about uh a guy who uh office gets uh was in the World Trade Center. He wasn't there, and, uh, and he didn't die. Yeah, and then knickknacks from his dead uh, employees start <laughs> popping up around his house. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Where's Stephen King book? It's on, gone off the dash. 
Yeah, oh, you know what? The director said, will you cut it out? All right, so here, he has a cigarette. And oh, that's right. He smokes it like he's fucking 12 years old. And he's, well, he's not a real smoker. And he lit it with the gift. Now they're all, Linda's all freaked out. I mean, they just, you know, well, they didn't oh, yeah. kill a kid, but they, there's a murdered kid in their trunk. And you're saying they're not married, so she can leave at any time. I was simply saying they're not married. <laughs> wow. So they spent a lot of money on the budget, right? Or they just drove around the cornfields going, okay, that's it. We're done for today. <laughs> The budget suffered from the um, uh, Stephen King taking a cut up front. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it. But this thing made a lot of money. They spent eight hundred and fifty thousand on it, and they made like fourteen million. Wow, that's great! Yeah. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah. You know this this movie. I mean, I everyone knows about the sequels. It's you said there's been twelve movies altogether. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Eleven. But do you know one of the, the, the uh, it was called Children of the Corn 666? Yeah, that, was, I yeah. got that one. And that, that kid comes back in it. The, the um, Not a kid, Isaac. Isaac. Well, there's Isaac on the right. He's yeah. the best. He's the best in this movie. This kid has more style than, than anybody. Like, just a burn. Yeah. You know, he's completely, look at him, he's all dressed up. He's all, like. <laughs> I know a lot of shitty children actors in the world, but uh, well, he's actually other. 24, he's 24 in, right now on the oh, screen. Okay, all right, so he's my shorts. <laughs> well, he's 24, he's great. You know, he quit acting after 9 11 because he was like, I want to be a teacher now, do something meaningful, you know. Uh, he was in Leprechaun, which is, I don't know, was he? Was he who did he play? That um. And he's our Star Trek connection. Um, he, I don't know. He was 24 years. He Leprechaun, Space Chase. He would play Chucky in shots where the killer doll was seen walking in 1988. Chuck, Chucky's Child Play. Wow. That's the first one. Um, in Children of the Corn 666, he comes back. But he co-wrote it with his cousin. That's great. Well, people must be bothering him all the time about this movie because he's so good at it. He was also cousin it in the Adams Family franchise. Oh well, wow! I thought I recognized his face <laughs> with all the hair. Yeah, and the, so the bowler he, cap. Um, he he quit acting and became an English teacher in Santa Clara, California. Um, oh, right nearby. Yeah. Oh. Now, now the radio station is not fun anymore. Oh, last thing. He's our Star Trek connection. He was on Voyager. Whoop-de-doo. Did he reprise the Clint Howard role of, like, the Brainiac Kid? <laughs> right. So what's in the suitcase? Do you, did you see the Clint Howard clip ever? Uh, I've seen the photo of him dressed up as Egghead. Well, yeah, he was an Egghead. Uh, it's a good clip. You should... You should... Well, I mean, I've seen him say in interviews say, like, people come up to me and I'm like, it was just one episode on Star Trek. Well, okay. In that episode, there was, like, a horrible, scary guy in a spaceship, and he was making a lot of trouble for the Enterprise. And then when they find him in the end, he's just this little kid. It was all like a, not a puppet, but a simulation kind of thing, you know? And he's like, 
he isn't a little kid. He was just a wimpy old man. I don't know how to describe it. You got to see it. Okay, now this guy is R.G. Armstrong, and he's a serious real actor. He's You might know him from Predator as the General Phillips or Pruneface and Dick Tracy, but he was oh, in yeah. Reds. He was in Heaven Can Wait. This guy's for real. I don't know what he's doing in this film. Hey, he's probably doing a day's work and get the fuck out. Yeah, it's 40 years career. He had to take some stuff that was the day's pay and get them. Right. Out. He shot all his stuff in one day. He shot all his wow. stuff. Wow. All right. All right. There you go. Called it. <laughs> but he's localized to this area. He's in a few scenes right now. So now what it is, is like, he doesn't say we got a dead kid, but he's like, we need to use your phone. Got no phone. You know. Right. The nearest town is three miles, but you better not go there, Gatlin, because they're religious folk. So 15 miles away is Harris fuck the bird or something. You know, you ever see the movie Cabin in the Woods? It came out maybe like eight years ago, whatever, ten years ago. Cabin in the Woods? No. Yeah, I? So, yeah, you should check it out. It's So yeah. these, these kids, these teenagers go to a, a cabin in the woods. And oh, it's so called harm- Cabin, not Kevin. No, no, nothing to do with Kevin. Cabin. It's called Cabin in yeah. the Woods. C A B I N can wait. Oh, Cabin can wait. Yeah. <laughs> cabin in the Woods, but they, they do a take of the crazy guy in the gas station right before the cabin that mm-hmm. the, the kids always drive up to. There was this great movie with John Stewart in which they were mistaken as hicks. Like, the, the was it there? There were. Teenagers, right? And and they were gonna like go on a trip and it was all a misunderstanding, you know, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, maybe? <laughs> maybe. It was a lot of fun. I don't trust this dog. Hey, I better check will the dog die.com. Well, he definitely dies, and he, you know, like the corn is mad for some reason. And and old man is like, I didn't tell him nothing. And the dog will go to, like, fuck with them and get killed. Now, they were going to have a severed dog head, but because of budget constraints, uh-huh. they just have a bloody bandana. Did oh, right, because he was wearing a bandana. I was wondering why that dog was wearing a bandana, is to kill it. <laughs> okay, like, children Come on of back, Ruski! Does the dog die.com? Children of the corn. He dies. Oh, you know, I think I, I have to wait for it to stop buffering. Okay, here we go. Does the dog die? Yes. 38 people voted. The dog runs off camera, and as soon its bloody handkerchief appears on top of a car. Now, they keep, Are there they're spiders, going to Carl? Hemingford, yes. right? But as they drive towards Hemingford, it's going to say Gatlin closer and closer and closer. They went the other way. So for some reason, they're driving to Gatlin now. So someone must have just made these signs and just posted them to fuck with them. Did they get the wrong, wrong address? No, but it's more. And then they're going to wind up right back at the gas station where they started. It's like the demons got them looping around in a circle trying to get them to Gatlin. Oh, I got gotcha. you. But there'll never be anything else like that in the whole film. I I thought the kids did it, like set up these signs so they can trap adults for their little ritual. 
No, these guys are not welcomed and not expected. They're called the interlopers, the outs, outlanders. They're outlanders. The outlanders. Yeah. Hey, outlander. Hey. Right, because the outlanders are the ones who show up during the seasons, like during the summer and stuff. But the uh, well, they're there all year round. There was a South Park in which these two people come to an abandoned town with only kids. And they they do the they do some of the lines like Outlander we have your woman she still lives <laughs> we have your woman yeah yeah hey oh woman it's Linda well, Hamilton they, they talk respect. they talk religiously in this he is who doth it have it the woman oh come on he's like that what are you guys always oh, talking to the demon. Yeah, he's saying, I didn't tell him nothing. You know that. I didn't break our agreement. They, they keep him alive because they want the gasoline. I kind of don't get it, but they keep him alive. They didn't kill him, even though he's an adult, because he gives he right. them gasoline. But he doesn't really care. He's just there with his dog. It isn't until they show up. He's like, oh, now I'm scared of your wrath. <laughs> well, somehow, like, the demon's angry at him. Because he talked to them. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's what it is. Now he'll find the bloody rag instead of a dog's head. <laughs> but it so does mean gross. the same thing. Your dog it's, is dead. You know, we, we killed your dog, and then we opened up the hood when you weren't looking, and then we threw in the bloody thing in there. Well, not we. You mean we like the kids? Because yeah, I think well, this is all the demon. It's unclear to me, Carl. Understood. It feels like that. Well, I guess there was no fingers in the bushes when from the camera angle, right? They do the. That's right. They made the wind go, and right. they, there was a lightning and a thunderous, you know. But there was no kids involved in there. You don't now, see them skirmishing. Kids will be involved in a moment because Malachi's going to come and kill him, and that makes uh, he who walks behind the corn angry with Malachi. They need his gasoline, apparently. Malachi just likes to kill, kill, kill. He's yeah. It's like, well, we killed all these adults. We killed a librarian. Why can't I go ahead and kill uh, this guy? Tone it down. You ever shish a librarian? <laughs> Can we try it? Uh, hello, welcome to Montclair State University Library. Uh, I'm your librarian, Mike. Okay, I'll be the librarian. You be the person. Okay. Oh, all right. There, there is no smoking in the library. Hang on, I'm almost done. I haven't had a smoky in a long time. No, you're supposed to shush me. This was oh, your joke. No, I think yeah. you forget. All right, right. Okay, go ahead. All right. You you were funny with that. All right, go ahead. I ripped what you said. I didn't say the joke. I t I took it to a, the open mic and it it killed. It killed. You're my best writer. You're better than me. You're better than me. All right, go ahead, go ahead. So, so you went to the library, and yeah, right. uh, it's your I'm, joke. Did oh. you ever shush a librarian? Like one time, I was in the library, and the librarian came right up to me, and she said, "Sir, there's no smoking in the library." And I said, Shh. "Love it." Just kidding. Well, I also have a. You know how you can ask a librarian anything. I went up there and I said, "Can I use your microwave?" And they told me to get out. And I said, "Oh, is it because it's that noisy one with the timer?" Tick, 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 tick. I, it, it, the dings, that, you can't use that. 
Okay, I'll have to rewrite that for the open mic, but I'll try. No, no, I think what you said was funny. And if I said it and gave it to you, you used it and it works, then don't let me get involved in it. Oh, Mike, I'm always stealing from you. Always. <laughs> I have so many jokes. Hey, that are it's yours. good. I haven't been on stage. At least my material's out there. No, you remember that video I made once with all of yeah. your jokes? Yeah, I love that. The one that you didn't write, but you did. But since that time, there's at least another five minutes of only Mike Spiegelman jokes. Maybe I'll I took, do that again. I took two jokes and I combined them together, and I also took out the Polish references. Mm. So uh, I went into this uh, uh, store and I said, I'd like to have a, uh, uh, a, a bologna sandwich with mayonnaise and pickles. And the guy says, Are you Polish? I go, Why? Because I like bologna. <laughs> he goes, No, it's a dry cleaner. So that, that's oh, the joke. Oh, this is a dry cleaner's? All right, all right. Okay, so you, they're right back where they started again, driving through the fields, trying to get off the highway. It, it's it, The spirit is like keeping them there, which doesn't make sense because he doesn't want them there. It's I never got written. a sense of that. I never got a sense of it. I just thought like, uh, I thought the kids set it up as like, like because they get stuck in the corn and I thought it's like a corn maze and, and, and anthology, analogy, and the analogy. You know, when you compare something to another thing, it's an analogy. analogy. It's an analogy. So right now, Bryce, a Bryce University graduate in English. Wait, where'd you go to school? I went to Montclair State. I went to Brandeis University. Brandeis, Brandeis English, yeah. English graduate. That was last century. It is analogous. That was, that was last century. Look at this. So he's 24 years old, and he's like playing a 12-year-old hellbound creature. Yep. He's killing. He's killing. It's the best part of this movie. Right now, he's given the the preacher talk. You know, it's a sermon essentially, but it's like happening in real time. He just got talked to by God, which isn't really God as we know. Yeah, so that's the last adult there has turned into a skeleton. So the interlopers are coming. Yeah, it's the well, it's no, he's the cop who originally tried to like burn down the field when they first started killing, you know. Oh, and gotcha. they, yeah, so he's three years old, rotten up there. He's a special sort of like religious thing. This is what happens. You try to kill the demon. Oh, you get crucified, and then your clothes remain the same, but your body turns into a skeleton. Right. A lot of these kids are locals to the Iowa town. Yeah, you can tell they're still at the 4-H uh, ribbons <laughs> on them. And there's um, a... There's scenes where, like, the demon's, like, burrowing through the ground, and it's like Boy Scouts, local Boy Scouts in Iowa, like, dug the trenches. Wow. Anything for this movie. Yeah. One, one thing I noticed about this movie is how cavalier they are with knives. Like, you know, it's like the kids will be sitting there with a knife, and they're holding the blade. Yeah. <laughs> you see it right behind the, uh, Isaac? Don't Dangerous. point at me, Isaac. I don't know if they're all props and they're just like, have fun, kids. But they got a lot of weapons on them. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're like rubber. Right? Rubber. I mean, it's a, it's a film. Where are you going to get a rubber sickle prop? The rubber sickle prop store. Oh, the one in Iowa? <laughs> but Sioux City? Listen, I bought rubber knives. Tom Crowley used to have a lot of them when he would film. Yeah, I remember all the rubber knives. That especially <laughs> the ones that would like when when contact they would like recede, so it looked like you were getting stabbed. 
listen, if you needed a rubber, Tom Kroll was was the man. He, 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 that's the place to go. He was the drugstore of Montclair, New Jersey. The pharmacist, we called him. <laughs> oh, corn. So the basically, now they're rolling into Gatlin, and they're like, fucking nobody's here. There's no welcoming committee. They'll all call up. Right, there's no Terminators there. But no, there's a lot of corn stalks everywhere we'll see soon. Oh. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Patrick Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic. In the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene, this all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, two seven eight one Twenty First Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep Mission. Every Monday at six p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. The best barbecue in San Francisco and free comedy? Come get messy with the sauce every Wednesday, 7 p.m. at Baby Blues Barbecue at 3149 Mission Street, just past Cesar Chavez. Hilarious Bay Area stand-up comics, amazing smoked meats, and $5 cans of standard deviant brew. This neighborhood gym is a bizarre and fun weekday night treat with free comedy to tickle your ribs. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at Baby Blues Barbecue. Reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite to let us know you're coming to laugh. Hey, kids, it's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. 
But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, bested Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh lap. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on, I'll, it's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value. And the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior in Who's That Live.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to Who's That Live.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in a raffle, I guess. True, 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 true. productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 278 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog fr- we are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 278 121st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need. And ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we gonna do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. I knew Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with 
tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. Bonsoir! Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates have to see you. It's sunshine, and even in the drizzle, but not too much. And Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it west of Razor's. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking public schools. In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy, laughter has value and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that, who's that? <laughs> Go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows. Join us on a journey into the absurd.
A TV show uh, on ABC at 7 p.m. Hot cops. <laughs> we might we might have to uh, bring out uh, what was it, Dirty P? Hot, yeah. We might have to come up with some new jams. Hot cops. Hot cops. Oh no. Well, Pam has had this um, um, fascination with the San Francisco's finest uh, for the last couple of months couple of hot cup, hot cops. Well, they've been, I, I honestly been believe they're hiring good-looking people. I, I think that that's part of, like, the, that's part of their hiring practices now. Every young cop I've seen is young 
darling, just darling. The only thing that makes them less hot is they're a little bit short. And not that I'm like a size queen or I don't, like I, I like short guys. I have, my ex-husband was like 5'9 or 5'8. I have no, he's 5'8. Um, it, but whatever, I'm fine. That's it doesn't me, matter. Yo. I don't need, I don't, I mean, if I was going to internet date, I wouldn't be like, if you're not over six feet, don't even, I'm fine. Like I've never been that kind of girl me. anyway. I've, I, one of my dudes was like five, seven, I'm five, three. So it's just like, you know, shit. If Prince was still around, he would get it too. And he's yeah. short as fuck. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Eh, eh, I don't, I don't know. That Scientology yeah, shit Scientology freaks me. Friend. But scary man. Pam and the Hot Cops. Yeah. That's her new band. Well, it's they're really <laughs> darling. And okay, so this is very funny. Last Wednesday, I was outside a milk bar, uh, smoking, looking for hot guys, and two cops walked by, and I was like, Can I tell you my cop joke? I was like, and I'm standing with a bunch of comedians, and I'm like, I'm gonna tell my cop joke. Oh my god, oh my god, I have this new cop joke. Can I walk with you and tell you my cop joke? And I did. I I told them the cop joke, but I left out the line, how many lives did I save? So usually the joke goes, SFPD is hiring cute cops. And so I walked up to these cute cops and I said, I hope the SFPD makes a calendar and they put you in it and I wink. And so usually the punchline to that, and then I say, and he smiled. And then the punchline to that is, and oh my God, how many lives did I save? You know, cause happy cops don't kill uh, black people. Uh, but. I don't say that in the joke. I just let it sit there for a <laughs> she second. Does, that is not in the material. That's not in the joke. And then I move on and say, I don't know if the cops were actually really cute or if I'm really lonely or if I have Stockholm Syndrome. And I've actually fallen in love with my oppressor. So <laughs> I told them all that part of the joke. The only part I left out of the joke was how many lives did I save um, when I told it to the cops. And the cops were smiling and laughing. And then I, and I walked away. I did not get arrested. So that was good. But anyway, I, so I told them that on Wednesday night, and I was like, yay, more smiling cops, yay. That, that, that's positive. Hell yeah. But, but there are not so many hot cops right now. I don't, have you been, you paying you, attention to anything outside of myself? No, absolutely okay. not. Okay. So, 100% selfish, do, do, completely do, 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 in do. my own world. Uh, well, so I'm about to be a Debbie Downer yard because we, we were talking about cops. These cops who aren't so hot, are the cops that were um, that brutalized um, Tyrell Nichols? There's a story. It's one of the main stories that's been going on for almost a week now, of a 29-year-old um, black man that was um, beaten to death by I think now there's up to seven cops uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so. What's really got America really shooken up about this story is five of the cops are are black. I heard, oh my gosh, okay, so I heard about this the way I hear about things, which is through comedy. So <laughs> um, someone was telling me the other day, they were like, yeah, uh, racism doesn't exist anymore because black cops are killing black people. So it's, I was like, what? It that's, was, they that's, were trying to make a joke on stage about it and clearly it doesn't. It doesn't fly because sense. we have a bunch of sellouts in our community. And plus, there's called, uh, what is it, uh, implicit bias. Ooh. So, you know, the point is, I mean, and that's what a lot of people think. It's just like, oh, no, there's black cops. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. They're still cops. They right. still protect it. What they're finding out about some of these cops. Oh, by the way, and here's the kicker, you guys. Cop number six was white. 
and has not been fired yet. Has what? not been arrested yet. Now, the and all the black cops were fired. Yeah. What? Which, by the way, black cops. If you want to brutalize people, you're still black. You may be wearing that blue, but you are black and blue. So you're yeah. you you'll be the first to get knocked out of that. All right. So you're always going to be found guilty if you're black. Um, but so uh, I know they're part of the system. They should know how it goes. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but we got Clarence Thomas, and look at him. So, um, but so cop number six, I forgot his name. His name is Preston. He's a little fat fuck. Preston, uh, very white name. Yeah, very yeah, white. Yeah. So he's on the on the on the recorder saying, "I hope they beat the fuck out of you." Wow. And and Preston, fat fuck, um, wow. tased him before because there was, what we're finding out about Tyree Nichols was. There was no justification in the stopping. When he stopped, fat fuck Preston used his taser first to get him out of the car. And then that's when he was dragged and then like total brutalized by the rest of the cops. Preston, fat fuck, did not, he he tased, but he should be charged. if If it's not murder, it's at least attempted murder or some kind of manslaughter. But the fact of the matter is just like, <laughs> there's so much shit that's going on with this police department. Like the sister who is the police chief, beautiful woman. Well, turns out she's not that beautiful because she was fired from the Atlanta Police Department back in 2008, 2009, trying to cover up sex crimes wow. from one of the police officers, uh, Sergeant's husband. Whoa. In the Atlanta Police Department. So, and this is why we, we the union, the police union is so powerful because we need to stop cops like this who are able to move to other departments. Well, the hypocrisy so, of upholding the law yet covering up the law, and you know the way to do it because you're part of the system. She's black too. She's a black woman, oh. so you know. But this is also the system, the program system of men, the the implicit bias. Mm. The white supremacy mentality. White supremacy is an ideology, you guys. Yeah. It ain't about skin color. It's acting and and showing how superior white supremacy is and downing others that aren't of that ilk. But it now the it, it's just this bo- this well this grown man's death and beating oh. is just it, it's gotten so much and like n- and how then, can people. What is the mob mentality that they, they knew? Why did they need to hurt that person? Like, don't you know? You know when someone is down. Like, if you tase someone, that's it. They're down. There's no reason. There's no reason. And so, what is the mentality of it's we're going to men- kill this person? Gang mentality. And, and that's like. Away from- so what is the? What's the thing in humans that we want to it's kill each other? And uh, well, well, I, well, well. To Question. I'll also give you insight to one of the cops that is already uh, been charged with this. So, two of the cops before they went to the force, one was going um, beat up a man when he was um, I think he was working in a prison or what have you. Oh. Um, and the man that he beat up put a lawsuit on him. Turns out that lawsuit got thrown out. So he's been known. He's to misused do this. power before. Yes. The and other he's been one, called on it. 
Exactly. The other one was in a scandal uh, for his fraternity back, I believe, in like 2018 hazing. or 19. Hardcore exact. hazing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> sanctioned bullying. Ex- it's so weird. So that kind of answers what your question a little bit. And also with you being a police officer, these men have done this before, and the, they're on part of this special unit called Scor- the Scorpion Unit, which is a about brotherhood. Com- it's I know. Well, the thing is, it's supposed to be about community policing. Oh wow! But um, it turns out there is the community that they've been sub- supposedly policing has complained about this unit before for uh, unlawful stops, police brutality. They've been misuse of power. Misuse of power. Yeah. So this thing has been probably swept under the rug on top of the chief who was also fired from Atlanta, moved here to, and she's been with, I think, the Memphis Police Department since 2014 or 16. They're taking a page out of the Catholic Church of taking <laughs> mis- people who've misused power Switching them, moving and them just to moving them somewhere else. Yeah, arch, yeah, just, just move them. It's fine. Just put them in a different... State or Put a different them county. In another archdiocese yeah, far just away. move them and they'll be they'll be fine. Um, back to the hazing. So I understand the concept of it that you're all going to be in this group together and you go through a difficult experience together to grow together as a group because the way that friendship is forged is through shared experiences and if you have shared trauma or shared like awesomeness and joy and success, you remember those things and your friendships and your bonds become stronger. So I can understand in these sort of false societies that you're creating in a college setting where you say, here are the parameters where we're having you all forge bonds that last a lifetime because you're having this shared experience. But they take they take it too far in that it can actually be traumatic and harmful De- deadly. and deadly. I mean, I remember uh, when the pledges would be sworn in or whatever that night, pledge night, their big brother would give them a bottle of alcohol that they had to finish. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, th- someone could have gotten alcohol poisoning. They That's weren't, happened. right. They weren't making him eat ahead of time. They weren't, they, uh, they, there's just crazy stuff goes on. Alcohol. There was a incident. I think this is. I know I was living here then when they, all that hazing stuff, all the the hazing scandal started to come out. Um, and one was uh, a university hazing student died oh, because of alcohol poisoning and what have you. And <laughs> they make him do crazy things like butt chugging. Um, like shit that can kill gluing you. Gluing your butt cheeks together is not going to bring us together. I just want to <laughs> say that. I just want to, you know, there is one, um, one of the, one of the officers uh, of the five that was um, in one of the fraternities. That um, group, that chapter, also was uh, penalized for making a man put a whole bottle of hot sauce in his genitals and in his like butt. To make it seem like he had a STD. It wow. This this guy was forty five who was trying to join a fraternity. So wow. But um, it is. But people are vicious. Like I, I'm writing for this new comedy weird website that has like crazy news stories that obviously are fake. 
And um, one of them is about um, OnlyFans and uh, cooking shows being on the rise. And that people, <laughs> there's funny quotes in there because people are terrible. They like violence. They want you to, they want to pay you to do weird, terrible things to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't understand the, peop- I don't understand people, like why they want to see people potentially get harmed like it's the same thing it goes back to and this is like so pg and so stupid but it goes back to america's funniest home videos where everyone (laughs) likes someone getting hit in the balls and if it's like a baby with a wiffle ball bat and they knock someone in the wiener that's like falling off a trampoline right like people getting hurt wins ten thousand dollars and it's just so what is wrong with us that we love the spectacle we can even throw it back to like the Romans and putting Christians in the Colosseum with giraffes. Giraffes don't want to fight. Like, why? Why are you? <sighs> or, yeah, or man versus beast. <laughs> right. You know. Exactly. You know, we still do that with bullfighting Ex- as well, which, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I am interested and I would go to a bullfighting thing in Spain. I cannot probably take my partner with me because we freak the fuck out. They're killing, they're torturing a bull. It's, it's kind of sad. It's sad, but I don't know. See, this is where the hypocrisy of myself comes. But I think it's also now with social media, we're even more desensitized. If you thought you grew up with cable, ah, there was there's the internet. Oh my and god! So you can watch beheadings. I mean, it's gross. It's yeah, Horrific. and you know, and especially now we live in such a violent society where it's just like for going back to the Tyree Nichols case that. I can't watch that tape. Oh, no, I can't ever I watch can't that. Watch, and I can't watch. I couldn't even watch the one where they, seven minutes and 42 seconds. No way, man. Was that the George Floyd? Yeah. I mean, that was. I, it, I thought it was nine minutes. Or nine minutes. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know the uh, uh, but, exact time, but, you, but that. You I couldn't. Right. I, <laughs> I couldn't get. Th- I, I was like, I don't want to. I can't. That's watch when people what's started. Yeah. Because happening in our world. I don't like the fact that a lot of it. We've been watching stuff mo- films. We re- literally, we have been watching. If it's not like a police murdering someone, it's a mass shooter. Oh, my God. Or it's watching oh, something going on overseas in a war-torn country, mm-hmm. and we're watching people get blown up. Yeah. Like, and it, it's, but at the same time, we get so damsel in distress about a nipple. Uh, right, right. <laughs> like, it's so, uh, and the, pro-life people that still oh. there's so much politically that's happening that i'm just like well, in this bubble of san francisco and i've forgotten what's happening outside and it scares me to look at and it makes me feel like out of control and and i don't know and like i'm just trying to hold myself together and not lose it on the street a guy walked up to me looked me deep in the eyes and said when you go crazy you go alone no one wants to go with you. And then he Whoa. walked on, and I was like, holy shit, shit, does he see my soul? And then I looked to the right, that's, and there was a person, like, fighting himself in the street. That's and poetic like, oh. and scary at the it same was, time. But I didn't realize that he was talking about there was a person that was being nutballs uh, to my left, and I just wasn't. I was so selfish and into myself and what I was thinking that I didn't recognize that someone was losing their shit very close to me. Um, but it was just an, a guy who walked by, and I was like, wow, it was fucking profound, dude. And I was like, I feel so seen. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm not. He didn't think I was crazy. 
<laughs> but I was in that moment. I was like, oh, God. that's madness. Yeah, it's but it's but things are and people are getting wha- I always feel that the world is falling apart more when the wackiness on the street gets more auditorably louder. And and I see like it's just visually and auditorily. I see the distress of the people and then it gets backed up with like $16 sandwiches. I'm like, I can't, I can't. How is this happening? It's, I'm always looking behind my back a lot more. Um, and then like, especially like we're about, this is the last day of January. Mm-hmm. Already we're into the first month of 2023. So we're That's already crazy. for a fucking ride. We're, yeah. You know, we've already had, Two mass shootings here in the state of California. Oh. We have our police brutality deadly video already kicking the year off. We have a bunch of Republicans infighting. Actually, actually, that's funny that's and enjoyable. Um, I'm into that. We, you know, <laughs> it, it's and where is Joe Biden? And where is Kamala? I haven't heard a whisper or a peep. I haven't. And again, I'm not paying attention to anything on a specific level, but. All of that stuff still hits me. Like, I am still scrolling on Facebook. I don't pay attention to all the ads and all the things on the side. But it's still whether I'm actively imbibing that information or it's passively getting into my brain. It's still there and creating a feeling about what's going on in the world. Um, but but right now, that feeling is is, is scary that there's – I'm t- – Hyde Street, I walk down it, and it looks like Intervention Live on tour. Ooh, it looks like it's not. Ooh, it's like I. I mean, everyone is so. Oh, everyone mm. is so hunched, standing up, hunched over. I feel like they're all yogic karmic instructors, and they're just like, "No, I'm gonna stay down here." And then they're really getting in, in touch with their root chakra or their growing roots. <laughs> but they're all just like hunched over. They're dying is, slowly. It was so hard to walk down the street together, like in and out of all these people that were just shooting up and do. And that's like zombies. What? And and that's that's real. And I'm walking down it, and I'm, of course, very high on marijuana, so I'm trying not to completely pay attention to it. In the sunshine, I'm like, oh, it's so sunny and nice out right now. And it's like people are shooting up left and right, and it's like, jump over the poop. And, <sighs> that's, and, and that's Intervention Live on tour. Get it for free. Walk down Hyde Street. Dude, I've seen more hype. I actually was watching um, the local news. Uh, was it Channel 7? Yeah. Um, they did a story about a guy in the Tenderloin who once was a teacher and who became an addict, and he's the guy that's been roaming around naked. Oh, interesting. And so... With the cape and the blue sword? No. Different like, literally, he was all white booty. Oh, okay. Um, but he has a long uh, criminal shield. Um, mm. He... Just got locked up again, but he also has been, um, he got locked up for burglary and also. What if he's a time traveler and they just, when they put him back in the time, his oh clothes no, disappeared. Oh, no, this fool ain't no time traveler, honey. He <laughs> was like stalking this woman. Oh, no. So naked stalking? Wow. Y- yeah, he was, yeah, he was naked too. Wow. So that's even more intimidating. Maybe, maybe he believes like that movie that he's invisible when he's naked. Maybe the dope has gotten that motherfucker so mental that he ain't coming back. Yeah, yeah. He believes he goes invisible when he doesn't have clothes on. 
But they were also talking about, I guess, what they it's a segment on bringing San Francisco back or whatever. I don't know what that. Back you know, to what? I don't know. But you know how the local news does looks corny, kind of like little sure. vignettes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's and I was just like, okay, so. What did we learn from this? I'm learning that San Francisco is still really fucked up and everything is like, I'm like, I didn't, it just seemed didn't like. didn't get the moral. Yeah, there was no moral There was no moral to, to the it. story. And then, because at the end they're like, and then we're talking about the tenderloin and I'm like, yeah, it's still there. So uh, with this story, uh, is there anything, anything going to happen? What's the solution other than exploitation? Okay. All right, cool. Nothing. Good. All right. Great news story. I, I mean. I mean, I wish they'd do a new story. If they want to keep San Francisco real, come to Mutiny Radio, man. We're real as it gets. We're keeping it alive. Dirt bags in the in the deep <laughs> niche. Hell yeah. I think we have less dirt bags than we used to. Well, I mean, I've noticed this, that. I have a dirt bag aesthetic. Come on now, like this is you know. Oh uh, well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, in a good way. Like there used to be some Supreme dirt bags. Oh, I guess yeah. I mean. There were some people that smelled so much that I had to not let them have a show anymore. <laughs> I was like, man, you can't be in here if you smell like that. You just can't. You, you got to have. That's how offensive it was. Yeah, it was like, dude, I know that you you live your life completely <laughs> a different way, and I respect that, but you got to take a shower. That's you when you're being disrespectful. Yeah, you got to know what everybody. you smell like, buddy. I mean, this isn't, come on. Um, you know. But yes, it, it's a. Uh, oh, all my paintings are all cattywampus. I'll have to fix that with a stick later. This shit makes me crazy, almost as crazy as police brutality. Uh, what else is uh, what else is going on uh, besides besides everyone what else losing is going their minds? On the, uh, oh, in the news. I've been trying not to look. I at don't it pay every attention day. at all. I mean, in in um, in other in entertainment news. Um, I watched the movie The Lobster again, and I've decided that it's one of my top three movies of all time. Uh, I have it up right up there with The Chum Scrubber. And uh, I know, weird names, weird names for movies, but if anybody's out there and you want to see an incredible movie, and uh, The Chum Scrubber has Ralph Fiennes and Glenn Close, and it's great. It's so good. I love him. And, uh, I just have to watch the movie. Oh, it's really hard to watch. It's... Um, I had to watch it in two segments because it was just like I couldn't. It's, it's like it's really brutal. Oh, okay, so that's why it was hard. Oh, I'm it's even gonna um, like it. it's based. Isn't it based off a 1980s French movie? Probably. Um, the butcher and the. Oh, that one's great though. No, but no, okay. and I know what movie that is, and and it's and it's great. The butcher who they with the people. Yeah. And um, okay, that so person it's not based off that. was okay. like the, is it the that was like the Amelie director or one of those? I there was I remember that. The Delicatessen is the name of that film, I believe. Um, but it's it's good. It's good, but it's it's a hard it's hard to watch the brutality of people. And then it's like, I just I'm just not that revenge driven. Like when I'm mad at people <laughs> and I but then I just let it go. Like I'm mad at them and I'm just like I, I don't want to see them be I don't want to see them be harmed in any way. It's just like um but I you know, I, I always want it. I always, the feeling I want to leave them with if they've wronged me, the feeling I'd like them eventually to get is that, oh, shit, I, I really fucked up because she's killing it right now, and, and that was my bad. Like, I want them to feel like, 
stupid about what they did to me later because they, for example, there was a boy in college that I really, really liked. And this is before we knew what ghosting was. I mean, I was 20 and he ghosted me and then, and it was awful. And I tried to like wave to him once on campus and he didn't, he just pretended that I didn't exist anymore. Oh, and that God. was, it was really hard for what me. An asshole. Yeah. Well, it's ghosting and it was college. I just didn't know what that was at the time. Anyways, I wrote a play about it. Kind of, you know, it was <laughs> fictional, changed the names and it got produced by the school and he came to the play and wanted to talk to me. And I was like, no, fuck you, man. <laughs> no, that's like he wanted to revenge. hang out with me or whatever. And I was like, dude, you had your chance. Get, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, fuck you. You really hurt my feelings. Um, and that was a great feeling, though, because mm -hmm. because I I was hurt. I didn't know what to do with about it. I turned it into a piece of art. He then and a lot of other people appreciated that piece of art. That was the playwright. I wasn't even acting in it. I was just the playwright. And and then tried to be like, oh, hey, let's hang out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck you. So, I, I mean, I love that. That's actually a beautiful, sweet revenge. Right? Because you turned it into an art form, and here he comes running back. And you're like, Psh. Exactly. Psh. Exactly. Absolutely not. So Neat. That's the only kind of revenge I ever want is like, or if let's say someone, let's say a guy really hurts me and I'm just like, and then later some other guy's super paying attention to me and that person's in the room and then I'm like, ha, see, ha. I enjoy that as well, see? where it's like, I'm, I like to kill it. So it, it'd be the same thing as if like, there were a bunch of comedians that, decided and thought I wasn't funny, but then they were at a show that I was on and the audience loved me. And then they had to book me on their show because they're just, they can't deny that I'm fucking funny. Uh, that shit? Hell yeah, sign me up. <laughs> but like seeing someone else fall down and break their nose or like seeing something bad happen to them, uh. seeing someone <laughs> else like, seeing them be embarrassed or something like that. that, that doesn't, I don't get as much get joy out of that. I do. I am mean because I'm too nice. And when I give people chances, and the thing is, I'm not the one that's going to do it to you. I love karma. I know. <laughs> and I Karma's like how a it, bitch. you know, my, my thing is, is like, I, I, I really like the humil, I like humiliation more. Ugh. I really love humiliation because that's something that, uh, you know, scars, Heal, but humiliation is something that you're always thinking about that one time to the day you die. I do. Well, I you're just so much. You just, you just <laughs> like, but it wasn't because you deserved it, or was it because of like, it's because I do cringy weird shit. Okay, well that's it's because different. I'm like I've always done cringy weird shit. Like, you know the story, and I was a sophomore in high school and asked the boy to the Sadie Hawkins dance on the radio on KML everybody heard it and he said no like that kind of shit always happens to me oh yeah because or i jump in with both feet i mean you know i booty call people that have blocked me like i've i do the cringiest <laughs> fucking shit like i don't even know that i just and then, then i get about her like why is it going straight i didn't even know what blocking was and now i'm like oh okay. i mean that's that comes with the territory of life, I think. But 
I mean, if you're so cocky and you think your shit don't stink, pour a hemp low. The boy that humiliated me, and I'll never forget this, and this is like back in the 90s, and I still forget about, I, ne- I mean, I still remember this cringe moment of me wearing a phony pony and watching, I was like in junior high, and watching the junior high game, and everybody's there, and the boy that I like is right sitting behind me, <laughs> and like, it's like a full house game, and I'm by the popular kids, it's still nerdy, and TJ, that's his name, mm. ends up pulling <gasps> my phony pony off and waving in the air. It was so humiliating. I felt like the world stopped and everyone, they're all going to laugh at you moment. Wow. And I remember running into the hallway and stuff. And, you know, but years later, I found out that he went to jail and I just laughed. I laughed so hard. I was like, oh, so and, but what, I did. What, but the, so. What was under the phony pony? My hair. Okay. It was just like, you know, back in the 90s, you would just mix it with your hair sure, and sure. stuff. That's what it was. It was my hair. But, but if, the phony pony but was nobody like longer. Nobody like had your back and was like, never touch. Even a, my friend. Never touch a woman's hair. She, she, Didn't we all know this? You don't no, touch was, people's he hair. Was, he was an asshole, and I wish him nothing but pure hell. TJ, you can go to hell. So but, was it that you're, but was he, it that other guy? You feel like other guys? You were humiliated in front of other guys or no, girls the whole or everybody? Because everybody saw everybody. This is like that John Hughes yeah. scene in a movie where everyone's laughing at you right, and the right. world just stops. Sure. That kind of moment, and oh. that thank God that was the last year I was living with. But, you know, by and I used to ride my bike by his house because I had a crush on him. Oh, like Ducky. And yeah. Uh-huh. Like he would, I would do, just. Do, 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 but then I remember, like, as I got do, older, do, when I would come do. back to Springfield and visit, he started to look like, you know, have interest. I'm like, ew, no. Like, became a criminal. But there's also my ex boyfriend who I still, you know, we're still friends on social media. But he was the one relationship that was really volatile. Mm. And he ended up leaving me with a 16-year-old girl. Uh, You're so agreeable. And Yeah, because <laughs> I found some little small underwear when I was doing laundry. Oh. And, and he tried to pull that. Um, that that came up. That must have got mixed up when I was at the laundromat, that bullshit. And I'm like, please. And so I may be 20. I think I was 27 at the time, 28. I'm like, I'm not that fucking dumb. Yeah, you can't gaslight me into thinking that. No, gaslighting. Well, and and that's what I learned from that John Hughes film is that he was gaslighting in some kind of wonderful. He gaslights that girl crazy. She goes, I just saw you standing and talking to that girl. It's like, you're crazy. Your jealousy is killing me. And it's like, (laughs) and then she's like, he's making out with the other girl and it's making her crazy. And he's like, Anyways, it's like how oh, you gaslight, and it was it's, and I didn't understand what gaslighting was until like maybe a couple years ago. I learned everybody uses the word now. Right? I yeah, and I didn't realize that it was just men lying and being manipulative mm-hmm. and trying to convince you that they're not lying, which is and make it seem like it's your fault that it, they're lying. It's like ah, how how do you do that? I wish I knew how to do that. I wish <laughs> I could be more manipulative. Oh my god. So he end up. He moved to Thailand Ooh. with her, and she ended up dumping him, and he ended up coming back to the States broke. 
and uh, he was trying to get back together with me. I'm like, absolutely not. And he ended up broken, destitute. Ooh. And now he's back in Cleveland, but still with no high school education. Oh, no. And he's going to be poor for the rest of his life, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) But people can get their GED pretty easily. I was trying to get him. He was, listen, he white boy from Cleveland uh, with no GED. I was really slumming. Well, yeah, I mean. But. The guys who are after me are I realize now all alcoholics. And then I'm like, wow, that really says, that must say something about me. Um, But I (laughs) really don't, whoever I am with next, I prefer they not be an alcoholic. (laughs) Like I just, I'm just going to put it on the list. I I mean, because I don't, I don't drink as much as I used to. And I don't, it isn't as big a part of my life as it used to be. And in fact, I would like to be able to interact with someone positively with out alcohol being involved you don't have the patience for that bullshit it's uh, babysitting like i've dated alcoholics and cokeheads Mm -hmm. and you know partiers you know if i was single i would i don't have the tolerance to do that anymore i don't have the patience i'm like "Uh uh-uh you you should grow out of this by this point or get help a guy came on friday toward the end of happy hour and uh, he was very drunk and he was like heckling people and he was like, come on, Pam, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Ugh. and I tried to kind of talk him down and he wanted to go on stage and I wasn't going to let him. I was like, this show's over. And so I was cleaning up and he like wanted to hang out with me. And I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm, you know, and he was like kind of hurt that I didn't want to hang out. And I was like, well, you're, you're kind of drunk, which is kind of annoying right now because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not drinking tonight and I just don't want to like go out and party. And what I wanted to say was, even if I did, I don't want to like, you're not, he's not the person I would choose to spend. So I went home and took a bath and read a book <laughs> and I was, nice. it was much nicer and I was much happier, but he was like really kind of upset about it and kind of hurt. And it was just funny to me because, or I don't know how to like be, tell people I'm not interested, but it's like, they don't understand. They keep thinking that like, well, why wouldn't I be interested? It's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, say no more I right mean, by that. But it's. <laughs> It's when guys, guys do that. They like, they get kind of in my face and they, they sort of demand my attention and they think that I should be reciprocating that attention that they're giving me and I'm just not down with it and I'm trying to be like a little standoffish because I'm running a show or whatever and, Mm -hmm. but sometimes they don't get it because if they're drunk or whatever, they're just like, they don't understand. Yeah. And so, but that's what I attract. Like I'm not attracting. I don't. Nice guys. I I don't, you know what? I think (laughs) it's, it, maybe it's because, because I, even with myself, people would know me as the party girl and stuff like that. And even sometimes when I go back home, I'm just like, I just don't have the stamina for everything that I used to do every more, all the time. And I was just like, no, I just, no. Or, and, and plus, actually, you're being very honest. I like the fact, like, well, you're just, of annoying. Yeah, well, but when you're when other people are drunk, if if I'm not drunk and I'm around a person who is drunk, it can be very annoying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I'm recognizing, like, oh my god, you know, I used to be drunk a lot, and maybe I was kind of annoying, and I wasn't reading that, wasn't reading the room. Um, <coughs> and at least I can kind of recognize that now. But if I'm drinking and someone else is drinking, then it's fun to drink and be wacky and say weird mm-hmm. shit and 
you're all stupid and weird and not going to necessarily remember everything and you're just hanging out and having a good time. But if one person's wasted and they try to hang out with a person who's not wasted, they smell weird. If they want to like hook up with you, it's like, oh, oh you know, and it's not going to like the bottom <laughs> shelf. Right. So <laughs> Unless I'm like in love with them. If, I mean, if it's a person that, you know, I I I continuously hook up with and I really like love being around them. I don't care if they're I don't care whatever context they come to me in. I'm in. But. Sorry, no, ahead. that's okay. That's all, that's all I have to say about that. There aren't many of them. I was at a barbecue this weekend, and um, one of the guys I have a crush on, weird and oddly, I don't know why, but it, it's his personality style. But when he was when he gets intoxicated, and especially this weekend when I saw him drunk, I was just like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> like I just yeah. Com- yeah. like compared to like even like. In my early 30s and stuff, where I was, e- even in my mid-30s, when I was a little bit more patient, and I could try to talk to people, <coughs> e- even if I was sober, but there is a certain level of intoxication where, and especially if it's a woman, where I'm like, bitch, you look at Yeah, too I know, I know, and I've been there. So that's so the whole thing. When you're, in your, when you're in your 20s, like drinking and getting sloppy, it's fun, it's great. And when you're in your 30s, it can be a little bit more sophisticated. It's like, we're doing a bar crawl. And you know on Santa Crawl. Or a nice balance. Gonna, yeah, there's going to be, you're still getting wasted, but it's a little different, you know. But if you're getting super wasted in your 40s and 50s, in that, okay, for example, when I was in my 20s, I used to have Sunday bathroom drinking day. And we'd wake up and we'd put whiskey in our coffee and we'd drink all day. And then we'd have beer and sparks and all that we'd drink for like 12 hours on a Sunday. And it was Sunday bathroom drinking day. And it was fun. We stayed at home. Me and my friend Megan, we had a great time, and and that's fine and whatever. I was in my twenties, but now if I'm in my forties and I wake up on Sunday, and the first thing I do is put whiskey in my coffee, <laughs> and then I'm drinking all day, and then on Monday I wake up and I put. I mean, then it's just being an alcoholic. It's like, <laughs> and it's sad when I see people on the street. And when I'm on vacation, it's fun to like at ten mm-hmm. in the morning be walking around Athens with a beer. But the, that's different. Right. But when the people like live here, when you when you're when you see people being drunk at 11 in the morning on a Tuesday, Oof. it causes me trepidation. And I'm like, oh, my God, that kind of used to be me. But I see people that I'm like, oh, OK, because I don't I, you know what? Out of all look. the years that we've been doing this podcast, I don't recall you maybe a couple of times. Being drunk at not at eleven, not even at well, we well, it's whenever I start drinking. But it wasn't. But it was never like at a ten or eleven a. You you know, it's one thing. But the thing is, like, and here's another thing. If I'm like on vacations, different. I think holidays are different. Yeah. Um, that's if you're not expecting any guests. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or cooking. Uh, and you know, I think that's, or if you're going through, you know, if you're going through, if you're, I don't want to use alcohol as like depression serum, but sometimes it's a tool. If you're going through things and you don't have the psychological or the emotional tools to deal with them in a therapeutic setting, alcohol is a great way to stop <laughs> forgetting about something. It's great. It's, it's, it's Just not a good a fix. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good fix, but it can, it can help you get through some shit. Not that I'm advocating for it. It's not the best way, right. but it is a tool. And if you recognize it as such, then 
But hey, I'm, I have two bottles of wine in my house I have not drank. I have a, I have a seltzer of alcohol that's been in my fridge forever. Like, I'm not, I'm not, that's not me. Any, I mean, and I look at those bottles of wine and I'm like, oh, it'd be so much fun to just start drinking wine right now. But I kind of have too much to do. Yeah. <laughs> just start, just start I'm, drinking I'm wine. I'm too busy being a boss. Yeah, I'm too, I'm too busy. And, and plus, you know, and I think with my mind is going like, it'll still be there, whatever. It'll still be there. You know, and I, I kind of want to split that bottle of wine with a person. I want to um, I Well, yeah, I want to meet a person who I can make, who wants to actually come over to my house that I can, like, make food Damn. for. Because there's, She's a good cook. I am a really good cook, and I I, I want to like the steaks right now at Gross Out. Are, there's really good, good, good meat for um, really cheap prices in the frozen because they it's like organic beef. It's really good, and um, I, I gotta you know I want to have a guy over and I want to make him an awesome steak and like hang out in my house and smoke pot and, and I'll make like a yeah we'll talk and about poems or stuff and like. I'll cook dinner and we'll hang out and maybe meet my cats and we'll just like chill and I'll open a bottle of wine and we'll hang out and my house is really cool and I mean but there just isn't I just don't I'm, I keep trying to look around and think like who would I want to hang out with and have over and if I actually ask them would <laughs> they say yes and is that like a is that like a weird move or girl we're allowed to do that now right like yeah <laughs> maybe you should ask the hot cops hot cops right i meet a cop <laughs> on the street no they're gonna i mean i don't know I'm like, the handcuffs right i just need them to <laughs> i need them to be to smoke pot they have to be cool with pot smoking well this means you might have to step up going to different environments then. i know i was thinking That's, about that too that means you're gonna you know i you will still always be part of this scene of course but you're going to have to go out of completely out your comfort zone but just go to another scene that you like you know right. which you actually you said you've been going to galleries and stuff or the museum yeah me. yeah yeah trying you to know. do museums and stuff and you know festival seasons coming up probably in the spring well so. and i have this really good date in mind because it's a food stamp date and the blossoms are coming out right now so i want to like make a picnic lunch and have all the it's like a, make a super fancy picnic lunch and then find, I, but I have to spelunk, like figure out where a nice grove is of those pretty flowers. And then bottle of wine, awesome picnic, talk about things. I want like him books to do the picnic for you first. No, no, they won't. They never do. Guys never, guys never organize anything it's for me. It's only in the movies. No, they never do. I mean, I, I'm a great organizer and it's just one of my skill sets. If, if I actually met a person who did, I would be like, what, who are you? They just don't, no one's ever, guys have never, like, tried to, I've never really been wooed. Like, no one's ever tried to, like, take me out and blah, this blah, blah. This might be your time. No, you I, I don't know. I just. Of do course start. you don't know. Yeah. Not supposed to know. <laughs> the, these things are going to come up, like, especially when you don't even think it, you know, when you're not even looking for it. Yeah. Wow. And like you said, you're so busy right now. But a girl needs some dick, too. <laughs> so, but that don't mean one I night I mean, stands. whatever. I'm not that into that. But I do, I would like, I do like the attention. I would, I would not mind some sycophantic attention and someone to be like, you're so amazing. You're so great. 
Can I rub your feet? That would be, yes, can <laughs> I rub your feet? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. I wouldn't mind some, a, a, an entourage of sycophants. That would be a dream. Oh my God, I'm such a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is most guys don't even know what the word sycophant means. So they'd be like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They don't. They won't even talk to me. I don't even know how to talk to guys at this point. No idea. I don't know. Well, I don't know I how don't to talk to them as like I'm interested. Like, cause I just talk to them as like people or whatever, or see if they're interested in having a conversation. And when I can never tell if someone is into me or not, well, I, I mean, can't tell. I have I, no idea. I think we have talked about how hard, like this city is so hard for any straight woman to date in, you know, and from like all my single girlfriends, it is the same all thing. Just really say it like it's like another job here. Like right. And and, and plus I'm looking at some of the <laughs> the, the offerings yeah. and they're like, ooh, I don't know about that. Ooh, oh douchey. Oh, like it's just I mean, I see a cross-section of men because I do comedy. So I see, I just see the funny ones. Or I see the, I see the, all I see is the awkward ones of each group. Like, it's like, oh, you're a techie, but you're super awkward. Okay, you're a techie comedian. Oh, you're, the, I mean, I see a huge cross-section of guys. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> I mean. That's what I'm saying, too. So, I mean, I don't eh. think it's, <clears throat> I think it's, you know, it. Because being single, you think it's, is it me? Is it the, but no, it's actually sometimes the the demographic. Oh, I know. know it's not me. I mean, I'm baking, I mean, I'm a fucking catch. I bake pot food. <laughs> I like a couple times a week. Yeah. I mean, I know how to cook, like, and I enjoy doing that. I, you know, I love Your, fancy cheap dates, you know. You need, I've got free tickets to every museum in the city, like, you have your dermatologist friend. Does she know any single guys that work in that field? No, they wouldn't. That's the thing is those guys, real people Divorced. aren't going to be interested in me. They're going to be like, she's got tattoos. She's wild. She talks about like, got, like guys my age, they don't want to date some weird comedian I disagree. lady. Really? There, I think there is a demographic of that. Yes, they'll probably be divorced, but yeah. I Are they yeah. going to be Hot, like, uh, I, I've just, seen some, I see some silver foxes, but that's me. I've always been to sil into know, silver foxes. I can't even, but, but, but you also prefer a little bit younger than that. So I just, need we, I just don't want you to go back into the alcohol zone. No, I don't want any, I don't want any alcoholics. That's like my, <laughs> my new thing. I just, can we, can you not, or it's fine though. I mean, if you want to hang out with me. Like schedule time and hang out with me, and just don't start drunk. <laughs> like I'm fine getting drunk together. I'm absolutely a hundred percent on board with that. But I just don't want to have to play catch up because that's not a good game to play. And I don't want to. If I'm not in the mood to drink, and someone's already drunk, they're just going to be annoying. It's just going to be like. I do recall one of the uh, female comedians past Friday was talking about her. You know, there are a couple of female comedians talking about their horrid dating and hooking up experiences yeah. in the city. Yeah. And it, uh, it kind of, what you just said, kind of reminded me of that don't start drunk. And then I just remember 
some of the uh, jokes and stories where some of these men started off being drunk, yeah, thinking that <laughs> I'm going to get some play. I'm like, but how can you with whiskey, Dick? Right. It's just it's covetous joke. It just keeps slipping through my fingers. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's funny. Um. Anyway, and I mean enough about me. Uh, but yeah, so maybe maybe cops, uh, EMTs, firemen. That's the thing is I, I think that um, a hot fireman and I could, that could be a good, we could be some Tinder because, um, <laughs> but they have a weird schedule and I have a weird schedule. And uh, honestly, I'm really only looking for like, I want to hang out with a person like once a week and have like a fun, super fun thing and you know, I don't want to see him all the time. I don't want to be like. So you want to be the mistress? I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. That, that yeah, was I a mean, joke. Yeah. Joke, I just, joke. I want to be. <laughs> I just, serious. I want to see a person like once a week. I want to put aside some time and have it be special fun time. I don't want to have bad times with people. That's the problem with relationships is they, you're, you don't appreciate all the time you're together. So then you start throwing your shit on the other person. Like if I'm. You know, I want to spend be have happy fun time all the time, and if it's not, if it's not going to be that, and it's going to be work and be shitty, and not make me feel good, why would I want to spend time like that? And why would they, if I'm going to be complaining and in a bad mood and about bullshit, why would they want to be around that, right? Yeah. So I just want to be with a person once a week that I can be excited about until and I can you pick guys out an grow. outfit. Until you grow, it's like you yeah. know, met, you know, metamorphosis into something beautiful. Yeah, maybe I just, I, I just find it easier to compartmentalize time and be like, while I'm doing this specific thing, this is all I'm thinking about. So like here with us in the studio, like while this is happening, this is my focus and this is what I'm enjoying and paying attention to. And when I'm like, if I was to be on a date hanging out with a guy, like all of the time that we're spending together, I want to enjoy it. I don't want to be on my phone. I don't want to be thinking about something else. I want to be thinking about this and what we're doing and what we're looking at and what we're talking about. And if they're interesting and I want to like be present in that time, you know, and when it's not fun anymore, you say, okay, I'll see you soon. Call me. And then you figure it out from there. And it's like, if all of my time I'm putting my best, like experience forward and being as present as I can as authentic, then all of those moments should, they stand alone as moments. And that's kind of how I want to like be like right now, this is our moment. And then when I'm walking around, I'm paying attention to walking around. And when I'm paying attention to my phone, like that's what I'm doing. Like I'm spending 20 minutes looking at the, seeing what I have to like or seeing what I have to do. But that's my focus. I get really upset when like, I can't imagine internet dating because if you were on a date with somebody and they started looking at their phone it would murder me oh, right I think, I think that's rude like that i mean it's just it's if rude. you're with a person it's rude. and you're it, it's it's like not interesting right you, i'm looking at something else it says that this is this this takes more importance than this moment that we're having right now that i don't know feel it's just a as kind of a zen thing i guess that you're supposed to be appreciating the moment as it is and not you know there's no there's no dwelling on the past does not necessarily help you all the time unless you're philosophizing on how to make choices to you can't 
freak out about the future because you don't have any control over that either. So all we have is the present. If you're on a date with someone and you meet somebody, it's one thing. If you okay, if you have a kid or something. See, I wanted to see if my kid called. That's all. Sorry about that. But if I but then you take that time when you go to the bathroom when you're like, I'm going to the restroom. Just excuse myself. I'm going to be away from them. I'll give you five seconds. A five second rule. If you're like after that though, it's like starting to scroll and i'm like that's when you should totally remove like if you're like looking like you know glancing i'm so sorry i was just saying if i could right text exactly that now if you are just complete because i to me it's rude you're disinterested i must be boring you or right. this is a waste of time you might honey you might as well just bring up like Stephen King book and just start reading to yeah, yourself exactly, exactly. <laughs> right that. and like while i'm there sure and because obviously I'm not here to, so I mean, right. I don't know. I, I don't man. think you need to be scared, man. I don't. I'm not I, scared. I'm just wondering. No one's asked, and maybe it's one of those things. I have to be like, well, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hoping people will ask me out, and but nobody's ever really. I'm telling you, no one's ever really asked me out ever since I was a kid. I I give off, and I'm realizing it now that it is me. I am intimidating. And I am assertive, and sometimes I come off as pretentious because I'm intelligent rather than coming off. I, I come off as contentious oftentimes, like, like I seem like I'm up for a fight. I, I come off like I'm a know-it-all that's up for a fight that's aggressive. And I know that I come off that way, and I don't know how to soften that image, and I don't necessarily want to soften the image because – I am myself, and if that's how people read me, then that's that's what that's their that's their problem, because <laughs> I don't mean <laughs> to be contentious or pretentious. I'm sorry that I'm well read. I'm not sorry, you know. I actually, yeah, don't be sorry about that. Don't be don't be sorry about that, because I remember years ago when I was 18, when I didn't think anybody was paying any fucking attention to me, and then one of the guys I had a crush on, I was a counselor, and I was asking, I'm like, what's, like, what is it? Like, I don't think I'm unattractive or anything, and I'm funny. He's like, no, you're intimidating. Right. You're very intimidating to people, and, you know, it's the fact that you are funny, beautiful, and you have, you're kind of a package, and that is, scares a lot of dudes. And I'm like, really? I, and that was something I needed at the time to hear, go, like 18, 19, yeah. When I had no self or had like probably like 5% self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of really helped, you know, the intimidating because it kind of told me that it's nothing wrong with me, though. You know, there's always the voice in the, the in your head that's like, there is something wrong with you. But there's also like, you know, no, I am all these things. I am funny. I do have this personality. And that is a threat to some people in the opposite sex. When I try to be demure, I end up people end up saying I'm cold or standoffish. And so that's been I feel like I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. If I act like myself and I'm gregarious, then I'm a pretentious know it all looking for a fight. If I am demure and sit quietly and wait for people to approach me, then I'm cold and standoffish. So it's like I don't know how to be. 
are is it most <laughs> is it most the comedians that say this or are we getting people outside I don't, yeah i only know i pretty much only know comedians okay we so need another opinion <laughs> I, yeah i mean that's the thing is i i i mean i i'm i'm in an insular world where of misfit toys and and it's hard for me to see myself and my value because I often see it through the lens of other people and being that the other people around me are broken, <laughs> I have a very skewed lens to view myself through. And so, yeah, I, I mean, and maybe it's not healthy and you're supposed to see, you're supposed to love yourself and all that. But <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that as a philosopher and as a person, that's how you grow as a person is by recognizing patterns of your own behavior that mm -hmm. aren't working and then trying to figure out ways to augment them so that you do fit into what everybody else is, you know. It's like wearing different hats. I need to learn how to wear some different hats. <sighs> and and I'm learn I learned a thing from children, the starfish breathing. Whenever I get heated and I want to answer and say something terrible, like when I want to call someone a cunt face, which is terrible to do, but I do it all the time, I, I just breathe in and out. <sighs> starfish breathing over each finger and then I answer instead of saying fuck you which is like usually what I say to people <laughs> which is terrible and and I should be able to change that behavior because it's not a likable behavior telling people to fuck themselves although effective <laughs> is not necessarily <laughs> reaching the right I mean anyways and I should I, sh I shouldn't view but that you have to as an artist you kind of have mm -hmm. to do what you're doing but I also have to know that my art doesn't exist without an audience for said art. So if I can tailor myself in some way to the audience or I can understand what I'm doing to attract or repel an audience, that's all helpful for me. Like, I mean, if someone would just tell me how to act, I think that maybe that's the problem too, is I wish, it's hard to be a stand-up comedian because I wish someone would be my director and tell me like, oh, that last time, yeah, that was, you seemed, you came off as a know-it-all and they didn't like that. Mm -hmm. You have to soften it after by being like, am I being too teacher-like or, or say something disparaging like, um, you know, I'm so lonely I make my own cat food <laughs> or whatever. Like, uh, don't say that. It's, it's <laughs> true though. I made cat food this morning from, from, from a wild-caught salmon. Uh, my, my cats only get the best. Oh, your cat's tearing that salmon up. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so easy to make, too. If anybody wants my recipe, it's really easy. I you have a cat. If you, if you really love your cat. I myself. <laughs> I know. It's actually human grade. You can actually, yeah. people could actually eat it. I don't add it's any salt, though, so you'd have to add a little salt. But um, it, it's, I'm sure it tastes, I'm sure it tastes quite good. Put on a cracker. Yeah, I could. As yeah. long as there was enough salt or pepper, I could add something to it. But I don't want to give that to the kitty. No. He doesn't eat any salt. No. And I figure that there's enough salt in the fish itself because it did grow up in the sea. Uh, grocery outlet? Gross out, yeah. It's $1.25 <laughs> for four ounces. Yeah, so yeah. yesterday I went and I put two because it was frozen. And by the time I got home, it was defrosted. And I put it in the refrigerator section of my refrigerator. And this morning, I made my cat soup. Cat soup! Yeah, he <laughs> loves it. Fucking loves it. Zerdon, he's so happy. And Mr. Poopy Butthole won't eat it, so it's just special for him. Yeah, well, he ate he ate all of it this morning. He was happy with the fresh 
it was the the fresh stuff. I, I let it cool, you know, and then he was he ate all of it, like the two tablespoons I gave him. You're gonna put that on your dating profile. Yeah, that I'm a crazy cat lady. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I love, but honestly, I love taking care of things, and not that men are objects and things, but you know, I I do like, you know, doing sweet things for people and like making them, you know, pot chocolates and molds that have flavors in them that they or like finding out what foods they like and making them like 